Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. MasterChef was mad about copyright infringement or somebody streaming it on Twitch. Yeah, probably, but who gives a fuck? The world is over, guys. Straight from the front line. The world is over. And we didn't know why we were here in the first place anyway. <laughs> Don't worry, Putin and the Russian bear are having trouble with our brave boys in the Azov Battalion. Wave high, boys. They sure like giving straight-armed waves in the Azov Battalion. Oh, I will. Give them a wave. Yeah, it's give them a wave, folks. I will say. With a straight uh, arm. I did see that there's been a number of wonderful things happening around the world for International Women's Day. Did you see all of the... French women in front of the Eiffel Tower with their boobs out. Uh, and what's this a famine thing? Yeah, a famine thing. Uh, How are they still a group? With blue and yellow because painted. The came out and they heard Fremen and they were like, <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> we're <Christ>. back. <laughs> I felt, I, and they painted their boobs yellow and blue and started. I assume it's the same creepy old French guy who like just hires these women over the years. Because I assume it's not the same women from 2002 who are like, oh, Muslims are, like, alive. And then uh, Pussy Riot creates NFT to raise money for Ukraine. That's, awesome, guys. Yeah, good job. That's super hacktivism. We mentioned the Azov Battalion, but there were a bunch of, like, NATO photo ops that came out. Every single one seemed to have at least one woman with a Nazi symbol in the picture. Yeah. What was it, the Black Sun? Yeah, well, that was the one that got uh, tweeted and like people immediately pointed out she was wearing a Black Sun patch. I do want to draw attention to, I did come across Zelensky's stand-up act. Mm, okay, uh, some right co- before he... Can we watch it and then we can deconstruct yeah, I, the jokes? Did you not come across this uh, clip? I mean, I've known that he was a comedian slash a Jon Stewart or something, but I never actually like... This... Uh, So he definitely was a satirist, but I came across this because I think people were simultaneously not realizing like he was doing satire and then also it was interesting. This just then, a president is a comedian. Isn't it crazy how all the Russians are gay? Oh, no. Okay, we're going to watch Zelensky uncensored and it'll have like caution tape over his mouth. Canceled. Zelensky canceled. Putin doesn't want you to hear something about black people. Oh, no. I'm Jewish. I'm going to say it. 
Okay, so Zelensky is Seinfeld uncensored now? Yeah, no, we're just doing that joke. <laughs> I don't well, know what I imagine, Zelensky's... You know, Zelensky he, he, could be Nick DiPaolo, I don't know. He could be Larry David, too. and He He could be any American comedian that I use to make sense of every other comedian. I'm excited for this clip because this will give some insight into Bunny's comedian mind. Oh, yeah. Bunny, comedy expert, will tell okay. what Bunny, the thing is about comedy. Bunny's got the mind palace of comedian. Um, I have an honorary Dick. MFA in comedy yeah. from the school of a bar. Hard knocks. Uh, <laughs> of a bar you went to and did not want to see comedy at. Guess what? We're there doing it. Uh, <laughs> working on our craft, studying. Put in the time, really. Yes, I think this is the one. Президент-ну-самый-главный-который-у-нас-самый-главный-президент-Барак-Обама-пообещал-что-мы-скоро-вступим-в-НАТО-пока-естественно-на-правах-американского-прихвостня-если-есть-возможность-друзья-вышлите
I was like, no, wolf, god damn it, Mm-mm, no. No, yeah, comedians are not Jesus brave. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, this has been the efforts of us to still keep alive. I, mean, I will shoot somebody and save On somebody's Fifth life Avenue. and be a vigilante, but that's just like my personal fetish. That's not like... Mm. Not connected to my comedy. Is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Right, but anyway, this is our effort to uh, you know keep alive the uh, old eighty pre Reagan concept of the fairness doctrine. We have had uh, two episodes in the past that have been unapologetically pro Putin. Don't yeah. trust any. Well, do not trust any of my past efforts to couch that or provide any equivocation. I was lying to you well, to get through. Well, if you look back in the tapes, uh, we were going over Putin's comedy act which yeah so anyway this is our effort to say Zelensky actually that was a decent fucking yeah Putin uh, I have seen him sing I think he like sang at an event and he's I mean singing and musical theater very popular among dictators in Mm -hmm. general I don't know if you guys know the musical Saddam Hussein made but it's pretty good well, you know, Putin, for the record, was duly elected and uh, not a dictator. If you're still looking for some recent hires. He hasn't paid us yet. He's not going to. God damn it. Fuck you, Putin. Uh, I mean, he's he's busy bailing out the central bank. He, which he is, never returns working. his calls. PayPal stopped working in Russia. That's <sighs> why. <laughs> Anyway, Zelensky, uh, I was going to say that the way that they love him so much reminds me of Cuomo. And I want to get that on record because somewhere down the line, we're going to find out that he also felt up a police officer. I mean, yeah, he's already in the Panama Papers. Like, we, we, we know, like, Zelensky is just another, you know, kind of oligarch which is the entire political class there. Some of them are more loyal to Russia. Some of them are more loyal to the West. And some of them reject the entire binary. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up and get out of here. No, those people don't have any money, but they do occasionally have fascist militias and or very repressed non-existent left-wing movements. But, uh, yeah, politics is, uh, and especially in the Ukraine, is navigating between those two camps that don't give a shit about you. And now everyone's dying because of it for yeah, three so, weeks in a row. Well, we're, we're, we're on week three, and it does seem like the Russians kind of stalled. It hasn't really moved in the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, I did see earlier this week that the south and the, the east fell, so, like, they do have like occupied territories. Oh yeah, no, they're, that they're probably going to hold on to, or at least or, have as a bargaining chip for yeah, peace. Yeah, I mean, this is the peace talks that are supposed to resume uh, tomorrow, which is Monday, the fourteenth, Saint Patty's Day. Yeah, so those people, you people, which I don't like. None of us are Irish here, dude. I mean, no, I'm, I'm talking to the audience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Am, we, I, I would... am part Irish. Oh, oh I didn't well, know that before. Well, now we. <laughs> Irish Catholic. Yeah. I've, I've talked about my Irish Catholic grandmother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. she's also Canadian, so it's a different mm. thing. Mm. So, yeah, peace talks between nations happening, St. Patty's Day. Uh, I think we're also talking to Beijing tomorrow in high-level talks. So that's, what? 
Whether the queen's dead or not. Yeah. <laughs> what we're going to do about this. We heard on Weibo that you guys were saying the queen's dead. So, like, what's that about? Do you yeah. guys. Is yeah, this yeah. The, is this I, apparently, some like factory workers in China are claiming that like England ordered a bunch of shit that looks like it's mourning for the queen. Yeah, that's like 1926 to 2022, which would be the queen's lifetime if she is dead, not her jubilee, which would be from her coronation, which is like right, 54. Right. So, or like whatever, it's Commonwealth Day tomorrow. So I hope they announce it then. And the press seems to be ramping up weird Harry and Meghan stories again. I feel like they're going to force us to talk about them again. Yeah. The queen's going to die today. <sighs> I actually think it's, what would be cool is if the queen dies and we just don't let them do it anymore. <laughs> All this talk about yeah, the future that would king be nice. or the future queen. Sorry. Well, what's his face is probably going to abdicate or yeah, just pass it on to his son, Chuck. Ch- Charles is going to abdicate to William. That's what I always heard was probably going to happen. I never paid attention to that shit. I just always knew that, like, Charles is terribly unlikable and awful and no one wants him. And uh, Well, and then people will miss having a queen because Camilla cannot be queen, I think. Yeah. But Kate Middleton can. Yeah. But I don't think they should let any of them do it. So then they're like, Yeah, no, they should be done. a republic, like a fucking normal country. Yeah, no, I've always maintained that, like, America should not hold any diplomatic relations with non-republics. I, I just always felt that... I think we shouldn't talk to anybody who's not a uh, woman. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But first, uh, no kings or queens, no nobility. You aren't a country. You are a bunch of cavemen. Constitutional people monarchs. Really, people are really weird about taking a hard anti-royal stance. You, you, I've gotten into numerous arguments with people. You know who you're talking to. I, I'm I, not present company, obviously not the people I would be fighting with about it, but like, I'm saying I've come across it where it's not even people who are like weird, like, oh, I love this stuff, but there's like a resistance to letting go of even like the imagery or the like... Oh, okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've... Uh, oh, so pro-royal stance, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying like, I've gotten into okay. arguments because <laughs> I'm not just like, oh, this specific royal family is dumb. I'm like, the entire contrivance of royalty is well, nothing to be well, admired and like perpetuated, right? Well, I do feel so, like a every British person wants to fuck the queen. That's been... Oh my God, I want the queen to be dead just to see how sad Piers Morgan will be. Yeah, no. Uh, everyone wants to fuck the queen. It's like a cultural Oedipus. Alright, um, so... And the other one that I will say is that the royal family replaces a lot of pop culture in that part of the world and so that's their tabloids and it bleeds over to our tabloids and they just need it so it's like taking away kim kardashian here's what i'm saying i don't think that we should ban all travel from any monarchy to the u.s but i do think that we should have it as a rule that a citizen of a republic cannot be convicted of any crime or tort committed against any citizen of a monarchy. Because otherwise, you're effectively submitting to royal law. Are you saying that because it we be legal overcame to, our royal history and therefore... It, it is an insult to uh, Rousseau and Montesquieu 
uh, to submit citizens of a republic of the people to the will of a foreign king. And by that notion, we should be able to have a legal murder on any British person in America. Yeah. Yeah, you're on notice, legal also, British we people. Should, we should also... Our attitude about Meghan Markle uh, marrying Harry should have been very different. Oh, been yeah. like, dear God, save this woman. Absolutely. He took a citizen, a free citizen. A free citizen and subjected born her. Born enslaved. In the light Wait, of the republic. can't say that, I don't think. And enslaved her to... to a ginger. Wow. To the system, to the firm. The ginger system. To a church and a uh, savage system of old tradition. But yeah, I do find uh, a lot of American affection for the royals just comes from this general uncritical sort of love of hierarchy where like this, you know what I mean? Like instead of imagining a world without slaves and masters, they just want to be one of the masters one day, you know? Like, that's whatever. And yeah, sometimes I'm saying that because you're calling your daughter a princess too much. And I, maybe it's an inappropriate time to have m- this conversation. The only thing you should call your daughter is citizen. Have you ever told a little girl what a real princess does? Fucking nothing. She don't talk to animals. She don't do magic. She does a bunch of boring shit that she doesn't even want to do. And people are mean to her. And then she can't ever let her hair be curly. That's what happened to Kate Middleton. She has naturally curly hair. Has to straighten it forever. Yeah. It's terrible. What other weird countries have kings still? I mean, define weird. Like, um... Unexpected countries you yeah. expect. Yeah, like, like Austria. Belgium. Belgium still has a king. Does Austria still have a king? No. Was it Sweden has a king? Yeah, yeah the Scandinavians have kings. The Scandinavian countries are all. I mean, there's the all, whole weird, like the whole weird pro royalist well, project Iceland they tried to doesn't. get off the ground, where they just like made up more Iceland. royal families as as uh, the and there's a lot kingdom of Greece <laughs> once existed there, under their Danish yeah, royal and yeah, then the, Charles. I mean, like Phillips thank God dad. for World War One for kind of. That's sort of the thing that like forever broke Europe out of. Okay, we're not gonna like treat this as real anymore, guys. Isn't there also isn't there also uh, kingdoms in like the South Pacific that have a lot of? Are we doing a disservice by calling them kingdoms? Like, are they kingdoms in in a Western conception of kingdoms? I always um, have an issue with this. I, it I'm going to like- go the historic materialist route and say, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, and then I guess it is a kingdom simply uh, a state of mind, like a dynasty fam ruling family that where the rulership is passed down that way, or what? What are you know what I mean? What I are would the- say some level of at least conceptual separation between nobility and non nobility, which granted would technically accept. Uh, Japan at this point because after World War II we basically banned the entire nobility except the emperor and the emperor's immediate family but yeah like I think the noble commoner division more so than just the royalty and we're also talking about like late monarchies like 18th through 20th century 
monarchy is not even like well and know, the other feudalism the other thing about monarchists after world war ii is they ended up kind of being instated by the u.s and a lot of well after world war ii they were like who's left for this gladio project and it was like fascists and monarchists yeah it was more right-wingers I mean, was, there weren't a lot was, of monarchists per se like uh, like in greece, greece there, there was greece, yes, greece right. is notable yes there was and in Belgium, right? You said there was a well, king no, in there's Belgium. No, there's been a king in Belgium since there was a Belgium. You know, Belgium itself is established after 18... Well, I know that Belgium... 30? I was just listening to it today about how Gladio had a string of terror attacks Well, yeah, no, Gladio Belgium. definitely affected Belgium. But, like, I mean, that's just your standard, like, far-right anti-communist that might include monarchists, but that wasn't... Like Greece, yes, there was a strong contingent of monarchism and fascism getting married together. Yeah, where it in was a very like this weird way. like this is how we're going to become Western. Right. Also, like this is how like, we're going to modernize. Uh, like it was sort of like the royalist but like, nationalist. No fascist. one on the Italian right was talking about restoring the king, and like that's always been like a dream project by some weirdos on the French right, but. Uh, but then like the peoples of these countries historically have had different relationships with the ideas of a king whereas like it makes sense in France that there'd be people who want to restore it because there's all this like gravitas with the longest yeah, but, reigning monarch uh, but even that like, um, but by, and, by the end of World War One, that gets displaced by fascism which really is not concerned with having a nobility class as much anymore it sometimes is. It sometimes works with that. As long as you bring in that. eugenics with the fascism. Like the, the nobility and the fascists had a working relationship in Italy, but it kind of started from the fascists being anti-nobility and then realizing it just worked better if they like incorporated it together. Well, and I was listening to this all in the context of this is how NATO happened and this is how we got our... Yeah, our yeah. our modern day NATO, the NATO that everybody loves and cherishes and is rah 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 for is all of these alliances between these far right groups, which yeah, some of which NATO, included famously the yeah, trade. Yeah, agreement. I mean, you know, Franco like is somebody got it confused with NAFTA in front of me <laughs> and it was very funny. <laughs> I mean Franco's Spain obviously is like super monarchist. Mm -hmm. Um and that is a fundamental part of their structure. I'm pretty sure it isn't in Portugal. I'm pretty sure Portugal, while being kind of a fascist dictatorship, was nominally a republic. Mussolini's Italy in the Italian social republic was nominally a republic. Yeah. See, I don't know. I just find it really strange. Because to me, a monarchy is simply like a sort of proto-eugenics like you know this idea that this lineage is well I, destined or special or i chosen feel like or, it's a quasi also like a religious belief in i have been ordained by god to lead these people and these people are subject to me because i have access to the word of god and that that my lineage, the blood that passes through me also has access to the word of God. And therefore you can trace this sovereignty through. Yeah. I don't know. My legacy. I, I guess it makes me think sometimes, was this just the old timey version of rich people being like, 
I'm so smart and I work so hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? I like, mean, where yeah. all the underlings are forced to go, yeah, you do. Uh huh. Well, yeah, yes, you are it was the chosen one. Generally, I mean, it was by past deeds of your ancestors, was usually the mythos that a lot of these families had. I mean, the nobility class in certain cultures was like called the class of the sword or whatever, because whether or not they actually ever fought a single day in their lives, that was their association. They, you have your feudalism, and then you have your absolutism, which is sort of just a transitory state up through until you get to a republic. And uh, then I have my Robespierre fan fiction where I just want to uh, enlighten the British and bring them into the modern age by force. So I uh, mentioned before that I do think sometimes possibly we project the structure of monarchy onto systems of rulership that uh, exist in non-Western places. Well, because it's easy. Like, because yeah, it's easy. It's inaccurate. Like, I always think about how often... Um, it was done about Native Americans, right? So often using chief as if it's the same as king and et cetera, but like it does a real disservice because like what we know of Native American history, often there were peoples who sometimes they had a chief and then sometimes they didn't and they would like cycle through these things and there wasn't this sort of um, rigid adherence to a thing that is more associated with sort of the Western understanding of, of monarchy, that, like, it becomes a fixture. You do also have, you know, the Indian princedoms that did more or less fall into a similar thing as, like, feudalism did elsewhere. And a slave economy Indians as well. from India? Yes. I was talking about Native Americans. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm just saying, like, you also have examples of non-Western... Well, I wouldn't even say that what we're talking about in India is, like, a as non-Western, I mean, it's not like yeah, they're yeah. untouched by, yeah, sure, like, sure, sure. you know what I mean? I'm saying, like, when we're talking, yeah. like... It, well, and also, I mean, a lot of the later Native American structures happen in response to European context. Yes, and that's often the case with when there's a sort of a study of a remote group of people somewhere in the South Pacific or in South America, et cetera. Like, often the researchers, in their efforts to analyze and understand, are transposing the roles they recognize from our society, but it's not always helping us understand it better. Yeah, I recently got The Dawn of Everything, the David Graeber, um, who I have issues with David Graeber, but he does look into these tribes that resisted Western kind of imperial hierarchies that I think you're kind of touching on to see what strategies they had to resist it, to show that, oh, you know, these tribes certainly had these tools and we should learn from these tools to kind of reverse course on our own problems with hierarchy because he's, well, I, I, he's arguing that hierarchy is not natural. Oh, I disagree. I feel like it's the original sin of humanity is our but need to establish hierarchy. I, I sort of agree. And that's what he's arguing against is that you can look at these tribes that are non-hierarchical and more egalitarian and view an alternate way in which we could have evolved as a society without hierarchy. And that is an interesting project. Yeah, I, and, I generally appreciate Graver's efforts there. Right. So. 
uh, and he has a long book about this study of this tribe and this study of this tribe. And they also did the opposite of what I think you were saying, which was that they assumed a lack of hierarchy when there was because they just assumed that, oh, you aren't influenced by a king or you aren't influenced by a single leader. Therefore, it's all anarchy when they actually did have internal structures. So, you know, there's a little bit of both projecting hierarchy onto things, but also projecting non-hierarchy because they're not... Or non-structure. Non-structure, yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting project. I, you know, I've been listening to a lecture about it and I plan on eventually reading the book, but it's on my shelf. I mostly know him from a different book I read. (laughs) (laughs) Which does the same thing. And his whole thing was that this tribe that he looked at, they made the Enlightenment a sin or a taboo in their internal structures. Like we make, like incest a taboo. They made French Enlightenment a taboo that was going to destroy society or accumulation of things as a taboo and so with these internal like ethical standards they resisted the destructive elements of the colonialists and that was interesting to me and his whole idea was kind of like we can do occupy like this we can create this alternative structure that shows the world that we don't need your structure yeah better world is possible if only some people knew how to practice a little humility. <laughs> is how I often feel. Real change is possible. And you, dear Re- listener, have that power. Well, send us 1995 to our PO box. One of our PayPal accounts is our PO box, <laughs> um, um, which is different than our Patreon. Give to both. Um, yeah. Oh, there's the Kim and Kanye. That's another type of nobility. American nobility. I have an issue with that idea in general, like... I, that, did, I was being flippant. I know you're being flippant, but I it does remind me that... Uh, <laughs> I only said it because I knew it would annoy you. So, uh, before we get to Kanye, um, so Kim and the fam were in a interview with Variety, I think, wherein Kim is asked what her advice is for women in business, I believe was a specific question. International Women's Day, baby. And her response was like, I've got the best advice. <laughs> Which, I, even when she's doing the worst, I, I low-key love, love her choices. To be like, I've got the best advice. And then the best advice is, get up and work your ass off. <laughs> and I'm just like... Um, and then she says... Nobody wants to work anymore. Mm-mm. But then she does go on to say, no toxic work environments. Everyone should show up, do the work, like blah, 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 right? Uh, aside from the products Kim is involved in making, and I don't know how ethical her manufacturing is by any means. I have not, I don't know. But 
in terms of working directly with the Kardashians, I am acquainted with a few people who have been in that orbit. And I've heard a variety of things. I've heard like very positive things. And I've heard, you know, typical overwork things, which is mostly like uh, people I knew connected who were writing for the apps they had for a while. So that was probably all like freelance through an agency in this whatever weird way. But basically, of course, this got a lot of traction because... Kim is half Kris Jenner, so she is one quarter evil queen. So she knew this was going to be a provocative soundbite, like, on one level. I don't want to act like I am naive to the laying of storylines that the Kardashians do or whatever. I do think people overblow it, where they act like Kris Jenner is a literal precog from Minority Report and, like, can make these moves. But I thought it was... an good opportunity to talk about how rich people love to talk about how hard they work Mm. work so hard and a lot of time if you have known a person of wealth who does indeed work an actual job and is not simply purely living off of dividends and capital in some way they sometimes do live a lifestyle where they are chronically overworking right and they don't realize they've made a choice to do this. <laughs> it, it's and not, they could stop at any time and, and have money. Stop at any time. It's a contrivance. Well, it's this... a play they've created for themselves to feel worthy because somewhere deep down, they know this shit is not fucking fair. And rich people will make you parrot this story back to them if they are somebody who is in charge of something you need to work for, etc. You've probably felt pressure to agree with how hard a rich person works. Now, I think it's worse when somebody like Elon Musk... Look, I think Kim Kardashian works harder than Elon Musk if we're going to fucking compare rich people. I don't know what you're talking about. I work 60, 70 hours a week. She... 100% 100% has I, at various times I, real jobs. I, yeah. I lived at the poverty line. Yes, and that, I, that thing they do, that thing that rich people do. I lived uh, in a $40,000 house. to live cheaply and then pat themselves on the back for it or call it stoicism or whatever. These are all very prevalent things. Kanye does this too, by the way. Well, well Kanye... Uh, we're going to put Kanye aside for a second because Kanye is somebody who is wealthy now, but he did not... He was not born into this. He was not born into this, right? Yeah, so he, he doesn't... Money. Wealthy people are, to me, literally ignorant, lacking the ability to perceive a dimension of reality unless they try incredibly hard or have some outlier experience that brings it to them. They have Bruce Wayne blind spots. They can know. Blind as a bat. They can know about it intellectually maybe, but there's something missing. And I've had many, many, many conversations with wealthy people, people who come from many generations of wealth, established families in one industry or another, where we're just having a casual conversation and there is a total lack of knowledge of, of small things like, you know, how much certain things cost. Rent, rent. <laughs> like, yeah, rent sometimes. Or like when I was younger, it was most stark in, they didn't realize that some people could not replace something that they had broken, right? Or lost. So if I lose my phone, especially back in the day, <laughs> I am fucked, <laughs> right? 
to them, it is simply an annoying thing that oh, they'll get another one, but they might have to have a annoying conversation, right? Like they don't understand the literal difference in a way that it's not necessarily malicious, right? They're fucking dumb about this. They cannot perceive it. And the fact that we are made to pretend that their little stories about themselves are true further like girds them into their delusions. And I'm just here to say it's time to be mean to them more when you can, if you have the space and ability, please uh, don't allow the fantasy. If you're in a casual conversation with somebody who is doing this and they're not holding an opportunity for you or, or whatever, because we do it socially too. It's not just for our own direct thing. There's this pressure to pretend that, well, some of them did work really hard because there's still this attachment to the idea of a meritocracy. This does remind me a lot of the Paris Hilton documentary we watched mm -hmm. and the earnestness to which she did seem to be a workaholic and really did care about her brand and kept herself busy. And I feel like a lot of the rich people that I've seen or that the way you describe it is they mistake work for being kept busy and keeping a, a full with, schedule. With, with something that they kind of built themselves to do all day because they do also enjoy doing it and it's something they actually care about and get fulfillment with and this would almost be the like Mark's idea of you know the difference between working as a fulfilling thing for yourself to make yourself feel you know like this is what I'm doing in the world and I'm creating a thing versus you know alienated labor that you do to survive and yeah the there's a certain class of people who have enough capital that they can just kind of create these sort of lifestyle-y brands you know, that are about them or a thing, or maybe they're interested in shoes, so they start a shoe line or, you well, know, whatever, that they then do really work hard at. Right. There's an interesting discussion, I think, in one of the Mark Fisher books, The Post-Capitalist, where he talks about the Beatles model. And I, I know how we all feel about the Beatles, but... Uh, love them. <laughs> love them to death. But that there was this idea that we could take their model of success and they did accrue that amount of capital and that brandness to the point where they like took an apple and made it their brand and they called it like their Western communist kind of utopian idea of making Apple the brand and that they didn't have to work all day and all they had to do was sit around and make an album every year and that that was for Mark Fisher like a model for an unalienated production of society. Well yeah I think I think musicianship is like a real good opportunity because so how many successful musicians then have a label that they start that is their quote unquote label uh, and then a lot of them get into to, you know, Jay-Z with all the things that you know that he likes and Kanye's shoes and all that shit. Well, shoes and all that shit. We put Kanye to the side in the corner. I yes. think I saw a tweet of yours about how he went full MRA. Yes. So. Uh, 
unfortunately so. Uh, I, we did watch the three-part uh, documentary Gr- series. One of the greatest rock documentaries. Amazing of all. documentary, like, just amazing footage. Eat from, your heart out, Scorsese, you like, little bitch. Or, yeah, like you early could days. never make this. But the first two set you up before you're like, oh no, Kanye, someone save him, oh god. And then like the third one, and like where he's at now, it's like the only people talking to him really are the worst people. And the only people validating him are enabling him, you know. And he today uh, pretty much to me went full, full MRA, like father's rights. And you don't want to listen to me because I'm a man trying to talk about my kids. And now what he's talking about is that his oldest daughter, North, has a TikTok where sometimes she posts videos with her and her cousin and and sometimes her mom, Kim. And usually they're like singing along to a song or like whatever. Basic nine-year-old fucking shit. And guess what? It's 2022. Nine-year-olds are on the internet. They're fucking using it. Especially a kid of this, whatever, is obviously going to want to play around with this. And they're the idea that... People my age and older, when they want to be like pearl clutchy about the children and whatever, have about the internet. Yeah, we went online and somebody was like, want a cyber sex? And we were like, yeah, whatever. And like, yeah, some creepy shit happened. That is like way more easy to control in a 2022 setting, like knowing everything we know about whatever. I I feel like it's a lot of people who had uncomfortable situations on the internet as the first generation to be children on it. Well, yeah, I think there is a learning curve of not imagining people not knowing on internet. Like, I think there is a shift from people who pre-internet and then came into it in their teens and 20s, and they can't imagine just growing up with it every single day. And well, it just that, people have a big fucking uh, stick up their But even more so it. now with right. social media and uh, what are the rules with children in social media? And it's like... Well, and then there's, there's general, like, it's bad. Thing yeah, that like, people are doing, they're well, moralizing yeah, there about this, it. It's, like, it's, a t- it's a thing that can go either way. There's this moralization that like all, uh, can get dressed up in like leftist languages about how it's somehow like per se bad for your child to have a photograph of them on the internet like at all for any reason until they're X number of years old and it's like just ever so damaging otherwise. All based on a fucking idea that you know how things are going to go. It bothers me because... Like, it it does bothers have me because a bit of moralism to it's it. It's moralism. It's like when I was younger and people started sending nudes and then there was started to be like fucking fucked up revenge porn and all this kind of shit. I was like, obviously this will cease to be this kind of thing because everyone will like, everyone will have something of this nature that they did as a fucking 13, 14 year old dipshit that it will cease to be the thing that we are using as the tool to do the thing we're going to do anyway. You know what I, you know what I feel bad for? And I've seen this a lot working for Famous Birthdays are the child actors that have the parent monitored accounts from the age of two to three. They start their brand. Their their parents put them through a branding phase where they build up an Instagram account and they try to sell their child to various and it makes them money and it gets them good spots and it gets them ahead in the world. But 
it, it, it does remind me of the parents growing up who, you know, videotaped all their children yeah, every and that, time. Yeah, that kind of shit, like, and there's some gray lines, but also when you're a nine-year-old, you want to have a TikTok. You know what TikTok is, and I think having a yeah, parent... Like, that's different than somebody trying to sell a brand about you or right, start an right, online exactly, business right, right. Exactly. That's why I'm like, saying I yeah, feel yeah, bad yeah, yeah. because they're, from the get-go, being told that this technology is only useful to build a career. Right. That's a huge percentage of all of it. It's fucking, everyone is encouraged right now to use it like, oh, this isn't just for fun, guys. This is, you can, with your niche and da -da, like, it's, Disgusting. Like that's the part that's disgusting. Right. And there's like and there's we're supposed to commodify things in this super weird way. Instead and there, of and just there's parents who are trying to get dance. their kids a fucking basketball agent at the age of nine. You yeah. know, like And I'm I famously have said I wish I had those parents because I would have fucking excelled. I'd be a fucking bazillionaire right been a great now. Child star, I would have been an amazing child star. I would have fucking went with it, but I did not have the right crazy parents. Like a different set of crazy <laughs> parents. So um like, but um, no, yeah, I yeah but also, I mean, to bring it back to Kanye, this is like very classic father's rights divorce dad thing. Yeah, I want to be like using the most bullshit. Like basically, he's implying that something risque is going on, or that she's being exploited or exposed to something when she very much is not. There's no comments even allowed on her TikTok. You can't inter. You can't. Yeah, it's a very monitored. Yeah. It's how you should uh, have a nine-year-old with TikTok. Yeah. So the video in question was her and her cousin, Penelope, who is Courtney's daughter, with um, smudgy, like, face-painty makeup, singing the Willow Smith song, uh, Emo Girl, um, which uh, is with Travis Barker, um, which is uh, so Courtney's fiancé. But he does a video where he's like, got my daughter on TikTok saying she's in love with an emo girl. These leftists don't care about father's feelings. <laughs> and first of all, he said leftist a lot. So I was like, oh, fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, we are to blame for all the gays. First of all, the song is like definitely North and, and Penelope were like, we're the emo girls that are the subject of the love. Like, they've got the makeup they're doing, like, whatever. They're being very much little kids rocking out to a song. It is nothing... Uh, yeah, it's a silly video whatever. of and singing a song out, with your cousins. And I'm sorry, Kanye, I want to point out that you put your daughter in a magazine shoot where you styled her very adult because it was fashion. You don't have a problem parading her around Sunday service in little outfits you've given her and et cetera. Uh, and then he also posted these texts where he's saying... Somebody's saying to him that they're using North because they know it'll get to him. You know, North is the oldest <laughs> daughter. Using North because she's a girl. And then in the text, it implies that he's not worried about the boy children because they have him in them mm. and whatever. And it's getting into some real, like, weird, like, men going their own way territory. You can tell these are the conversations that are happening yeah. somewhere in Kanye's oh, orbit. Cool. You know, I have so many problems with Kanye, but I did watch an interview with him and he was like, yeah, I live without money is just an abstraction. And he just went off about this like he's like, I don't have a home. Property isn't real to me. Money is just 
a thing we all made up and you know real really reminded me of like elon musk big brain kind of thing and i feel like it's also like a lot of established musician big brain shit he's also like just the dumb rocker guy but he happens to do hip-hop but i can see how that kind of like big brain attitude can quickly kind of be infiltrated with this kind of mra leftist era problems um kind of all this kind of dog whistle stuff about like i'm just trying to like see my kids and like whatever and there's no indication that anyone has denied kanye to see his kids. It, it sounds like he will randomly be like i want to do this now and they're like well we can't do it now and then he's like i can't believe you're not letting me see my kids that I, whatever. Also, I do not believe for a second Kanye knows a single thing about his children. I don't think he knows their favorite colors, their favorite oh, yeah. foods. He doesn't know a goddamn thing about oh, any of them. Not. They exist as mere concepts. Bad dad uh, vibes. Like, not even bad dad, just like. Oh, he, with all his money, he has still taken his kids to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, a, on, a, on a Saturday where he had him. He's like, I, I want to go to Dave and Buster's. Uh, they exist as like these extensions of him in his mind, but he is not actually, I don't believe for a second he's actually engaging in like the mundane aspects. Oh, of, he's not engaging in the mundane aspects. Yeah, at all. Parent, like but. that's what I'm saying, like at all. And I mean, full disclosure, I have seen an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians or two where it very much was stated that Kanye never changed a diaper or like fed a kid. Right. So like, yes, they have nannies, but like, look, you can have nannies and still engage in the mundane aspects of parenting. Yeah, or and even you can like. Cho- you can choose to be a superstar lunatic who doesn't or, get Or even into like. That. I don't want to change diapers, but, like, there's also, like, meeting with the kids' teachers or, like, helping them with homework or shit. Like, there's other mundane things about parenthood that I, say, I don't I, believe I, Kanye I has ever done. I will say, fundamentally, um, if it doesn't involve bodily fluids, like, if you opt out of all bodily fluids, you are not a real parent. Oh, <laughs> no, I agree. No, 100%. Like, yeah, don't have a fucking kid, like, if you can't handle that. But, yeah. like... Like, I'm just saying I don't think Kanye has even done the other Oh, absolutely. Shit. Like, I think... Like, um, I don't think Kanye has been like, oh, shit, my daughter's struggling with geometry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, looked up something about how to teach geometry to a kid and, like, tried to, like, help her, his kid with their homework. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's I mean, did you... I, the last time I saw North and Kanye together was at the Super Bowl, and she looked yeah. miserable. Yeah. She looked like... You know what I mean? This was just yeah. an idea of a thing that she had no interest in really being there. And, yeah. uh, but you'll be able to relate to so many kids who just had to hang out with their yeah, dad. No, it is <laughs> At a football game. Where the dad's like, okay, we're here together. That's enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a thing. So, yeah, I went in to be like, oh, gosh, this is like some MRA shit. And then it did get a little bit more weird specific misogyny stuff. What's the specific misogyny? Well, there is another element to the story where allegedly Pete Davidson has broken his silence and said, basically, Kanye, I've been nice. 
I'm going to stop being nice. Did Pete uh, Davidson actually say that? This, uh, so I thought they were fake. They are, I, I'm getting insider comedy I intel just, I just that they are real. It. I just looked at the text. My general feeling on this is let them fight. Actually, a lot of the beef that's gone on on the internet this week has been a lot of let them fight for me. Okay, well, uh, I don't see how these are equally bad players in this um, Oh, I just don't I just don't like Pete Davidson either. I don't like what Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson do? I don't know. He's just never rubbed me the right way and he's got a bunch of Hillary tattoos. What can I say? But what was the specific misogyny that's specifically worrying about his kids by gender was a lot of what Kanye established, but then what uh, the Pete Davidson thing sort of inspired because Pete's being, you know, not entirely diplomatic in this exchange because uh, Kanye says, like, where are you? And he's sort of like, drop a pin kind of way. And Pete's response is, in bed with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, look, this is funny. But a lot of people then were like, oh, no, Kanye is going to kill this man. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know, maybe. I mean... But what I saw, the specific misogyny was that comment, what I saw a lot of people responding to was, oh, well, like, that was a line you shouldn't cross, or, like, whatever. And I was like, this is... No, Kanye's an adult. very weird thing that, like, a lot of people are revealing uh, they relate to some yeah, uh, no, thing that... Ugh, it was, no, you should actually a, understand how a relationship can end. See, I want Kanye to be, like, a Riddler type. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that specifically, like, Pete Davidson ends up dead with a little note next to him, a, a little card <laughs> that's like... Kanye would do that because he would be like, no yeah. one will know no, it's me. Nobody will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. only two separate animated music videos about yeah. killing Pete in the I past mean, week. Where to were which, okay, one of my friends were, were like, signs? oh, that's art. And I was like, that's art, but it was fucked up that Pete said that in the text is is and yeah, I was I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go on record and say dude, uh, sometimes I'm like why are dudes sorry I, I saw dudes. one out of two of those videos and it was fine um yeah, but not, also I know. don't have a problem with the text either I think that was funny yeah exactly <laughs> it's yeah. I, I mean it's like whatever like we're if Kanye wants to like just be like Pete Davidson's fucking my wife and I hate him for it, like okay, like cool, man, like we've all been there, but um, yeah, real divorce dad. Vibes. Yeah, but like I don't know. Also, like I I don't expect you to go over to Pete Davidson's house to play air hockey. Like you know, no one's asking you to be friends with Pete Davidson. And if you want to like do a video where you like claymation murder him, yeah. and it looks like a celebrity death match. That's it funny. Feels- like having watched the genius uh, documentary, it feels like Kanye really needs some kind of thing to react against. Yeah, which like, is and, and if which he is, doesn't have it at all naturally, drive. he's got to like he's got to make it. And unfortunately, there's that and his struggle with mental illness that where he wants it to be this certain narrative that he can like triumphantly whatever and unfortunately he's going a real like anti-leftist christian which again is the most american way in the absence of enemies 
You know, just make up enemies and then manufacture inspiration from those made up enemies, which is completely American. Like, I do also think it's very American in the way that, like, even when people purport to be somewhat progressive or et cetera, like, a lot of people have this weird, they, they equivocate more right-leaning viewpoints with being more moral or more... Yeah like godly or Or, whatever and it's like or like with again it's like no like at the end of the day like yeah if you want to hate pete davidson because he's fucking your wife cool but like you should also have the maturity as a fucking adult to move on from a relationship that's over and it shouldn't be so good at that before like i mean i'm just saying like literally that should be a requirement of being an adult at a certain level and we shouldn't hold you to some standard of well i understand why kanye might be mad at that like no fuck you no he shouldn't be and the dogs agree the dogs are a chorus to your symphony And unfortunately, the whole rich people conversation got derailed into people just saying the same misogynistic things about Kim Kardashian rather than looking at the rich people class issues. It was, well, this woman did a sex tape and this woman has plastic surgery and da 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 so much easier when you don't have class consciousness to just focus on identity. Well... See ya. That's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. This is when I heard the references that Tony Soprano's with Tony was singing along to Steely Dan's Dirty Work while driving his car. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go, yeah.